in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. We'll have to wait until the new year before we get a look at body cam video from an Austin police officer who shot and killed a man at a busy apartment complex parking lot yesterday. Good morning, I'm Nabil Ramadna in for Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. Police say the man pointed a rifle at officers around 1.30 in the afternoon. This happened at the bridge at Harris Ridge Apartments in Northeast Austin. And KXAN's Brianna Hollis tells us more about the shooting and also recent efforts to curb violence in that neighborhood. That is an unfortunate situation. Police say they came to this complex after getting calls about a man firing a rifle in the parking lot. When APD got there, Interim Chief Robin Henderson says the man pointed a gun at one of the officers. At the same time, there were numerous residents walking in the parking lot. Henderson says officers told the suspect to drop his weapon multiple times, but he didn't. Then the man stood behind a van, yelled that he wanted the officers to shoot him, and kept a hold of his gun as officers continued to tell him to put it down. At approximately 1.29 p.m., Air One was paged out to assist officers, and within that same minute, one of the officers announced that shots were fired and the suspect was down. The responding officers tried to save his life, but he died at the scene. This man lives at the apartment complex where the shooting happened. He says when he saw all of the police lights, he immediately thought of another deadly shooting that happened just months ago. That incident did not involve a police officer. Uh, yeah, a 14-year-old girl was shot and killed her back in June. It was real sad. They was doing all kinds of shootings for the past several nights. After that shooting, restorative justice group Life Anew, which now partners with the city, came to the apartment complex to try and stop the cycle of violence this neighbor just mentioned. Life Anew utilizes community connections to help curb violence. The team connected with the victim's family members, but also other tenants, to get a better idea of the types of resources that could help people who live there. Neighbors told us they hope to see APD start patrolling the area more often. A bigger police presence. Not just regular private security, because a lot of folks, they're not scared of private security. But you get a police officer like that guy right there, they, they know he ain't playing around. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Per APD policy, police are going to release body camera video of this shooting within 10 business days. And going in depth, city and county leaders continue to search for ways to incorporate community violence intervention efforts across Travis County. For example, the county allocated $500,000 for a program that helps connect victims of violent crime with legal help, mental health assistance, and other resources. And the city of Austin's Office of Violence Prevention recently teamed up with police, professors, and community leaders to create a program aimed at reducing crime at Givens Park in East Austin. First warning weather with meteorologist Rich Siegel. Just a few clouds right now in parts of uh, Fayette County. We're looking at uh, dry conditions for several days to come. It is 40 right now at the Indeed Tower Cam at the Domain. Temperature of 43 degrees at Camp Mabry. We're freezing in some of the hill country again. We anticipated that. But we're mostly in the mid and upper 30s to low 40s. And believe it or not, we are a few degrees higher this morning than we were at this time yesterday by about 2 to 5 degrees, and that's about it. There's your northwest wind that came in on the front that moved through the area overnight. 
And that northwest wind will bring more dry air into the region and result in a sunny sky all day long. We'll find our high temperatures today peaking in the lower half of the 60s. Still to come, colder mornings coming up. Maybe one more day of a high in the 70s this year. And we'll check on the cedar pollen. There was a little bit of an increase, and we'll tell you how much in just a few minutes in first morning weather. Thank you, Rich. A tragic end this morning for a missing pregnant teenager in San Antonio. Police believe that they found 18-year-old Savannah Soto and her 22-year-old boyfriend, Matthew Guerrera, dead in his car. According to the NBC station in San Antonio, investigators found that couple at an apartment complex parking lot. San Antonio Police Chief Williams McManus, or I should say William McManus, thinks that they may have been in the car for three or four days. Law enforcement issued a clear alert for Soto last week. She was supposed to be induced on Friday, but reports say that she failed to show up to the hospital. San Antonio Police Chief William McManus telling reporters it was a, quote, perplexing crime scene. And he says detectives are looking at this as a possible murder. Well, if you're mailing a package at the post office starting next year, it'll cost you a little more. The UPS says grounded Vantage prices will go up 5.4%. Priority Mail and Priority Mail Express will also go up 5.7 and 5.59% respectively. Local shipments won't see a price change. The Postal Service says it's keeping up with inflation. The change begins in January 21st. Well, roads, water, and expensive housing, it is all talked about at Austin City Hall. And next year, you once again get to decide who runs the city. And KXAN's Grace Reader explains how that happens on the national stage and how it's expected to play out a big role in Austin politics next year due to an upcoming change. This dais is going to get some new players next year. If you can believe it, the race for mayor is already back on, and roughly half of the city council seats are up for grabs. As we enter the new year, there's uh, inevitably a focus on the races um, in November, especially because we have the unique situation of having another mayor's race coming up only two years after the previous one. That's because Austin voters decided they wanted local elections to better align with national ones to draw more voters. The mayor's race will now run parallel to the presidential one, but that could bring big changes to local politics. These races don't happen in a vacuum and so the most important factors in these race might be things that have nothing to do with city politics it might be how many people are coming out to vote for joe biden or donald trump or whoever else on the ballot mayor kirk watson has not yet announced whether he'll run for re-election but in several council races a number of candidates have already thrown their names in the hat the busiest race right now for District 7. That's Leslie Poole's seat, but she's served two consecutive four-year terms and is term limited. Nearly a year out, four people have already filed to fill that role. Allison Alter's seat is also up for grabs as she nears the end of two consecutive terms and three council members will be running for re-election. So much of the joys and frustrations that come throughout the day, whether they're sitting in traffic or playing at a park with their kids, so much of that is due to either the successes or failures of local government. Grace Reader, KXAN News. Now, there are no primaries for city council or mayor races in Austin, so you have to wait until November 5th to consider those races. We've got a running list of candidates over at KXAN.com. We'll keep you updated on all that information. Still ahead, how the flow of migrants into Mexico is impacting America's largest city, and who is getting the blame? 
Longhorns are heading to the Big Easy later today while Texas State played their bowl game on Tuesday. And what a game it was in Dallas. I've got it for you coming up. Good morning. Two top cabinet members are heading to Mexico City today. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will talk to Mexico's president. They're focusing on the thousands of migrants heading through his country to the United States. Last night, a bus filled with migrants pulled into the Port Authority bus terminal in New York. And the mayor's office there says 4,000 migrants are arriving every week. Mayor Eric Adams calling out Texas Governor Greg Abbott for busing those migrants to Democratic-led cities. Governor Abbott has made it clear he wants to destabilize cities and send a thousand of migrants and asylum seekers. Mexican officials say they detected 680,000 migrants moving through their country in the first 11 months of this year. Still ahead, we're getting a look into the future of how the fastest growing city in America is working on mobility. And a major warning from Israel about the war in Hamas. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Longhorns will head to New Orleans later today. In fact, they'll have a send-off. Fans are welcome to be there. They'll have some activities starting at 10.30 this morning around the stadium, and then the team expected to pull out on buses at 11.30. They'll be in New Orleans by mid-afternoon. In Dallas yesterday, Texas State playing in the first responder bowl, first bowl game in G.J. Kinney's first season. First bowl game as an FBS program. Take it on Rice and Jamil Jeter takes it to the end zone. And just like that, Bobcats get the ball, get the touchdown. They had a great contingent of fans. And then Jeter does it again. The Oklahoma State transfer makes it 14-7 after Rice had answered. And then Rice, well, they struggled at quarterback. No JT Daniels. He was unavailable. And Brian Holloway with the pick right there for Texas State to make it 21-7. Holloway played three years at SMU. That means that's his old home stadium. What a game for him, and he was not done. But Rice hanging in there. Dean Connors, his second touchdown, and it's 21 all late in the first half. But Bobcats get a field goal at the end of the half, and then they kick off, and then Rice does this. They throw five picks, and they had two special teams errors that led to Bobcat possessions. You're not going to win like that, and immediately Texas State takes advantage. Not how you might expect, though, on a third down Check it out. T.J. Finley, the backwards pass to Nash Jones, the offensive lineman. Yeah, celebrate. Technically, that was a touchdown run because it was a backwards pass, but Jones doesn't care. And then it's Holloway again. How about two pick sixes among the five interceptions? Holloway taking it to the end zone again. A dream finish for him, a dream finish to the season for Texas State as they pick up that eighth win. That's never happened since they've been FBS for 12 years. And again, Holloway, the win and the MVP. I would have never imagined this game going the way it did. You know, in my, my old stadium, it's, it's amazing. Honestly, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I don't even know what to say. Just proud of this team, proud of this uh, community, proud of this university. Uh, what a win. What a win. Really excited. Why was this the group of guys that was able to get it done? They just got heart. They came together, transfers Juco High School. We came together as a team and, and, and had a really successful season and a great way to end it tonight.
Yeah, what a job G.J. Kenny does in his first year. Basketball tonight at Moody. Longhorn women, fifth in the nation. They take on Jackson State. Final non-conference before opening Big 12 against Baylor on Saturday. Back to you. And just remarkable that Texas State had never been to a bowl game before, and now they're finishing the season 8-5. and five. I was going to say historical season, but a huge win. They, I, that was a good game. They yes, played it was. really well. 40, what is it, 45, 45 21? Yeah. yeah. Nice game. Good for them. We start out with a live look from the Austonian, a beautiful shot of the Capitol. It's a clear sky over Austin this morning. We'll have another day of sunshine. We won't have those clouds that moved in during the late morning yesterday. I think we're bright from sun up to sundown. Sunrise this morning at 727, right now 43 degrees. All right, yesterday we had a low cedar count, and then during the afternoon and into the early evening, the cedar count went up and it is now in medium numbers. We'll get a fresh count for you in about two hours right now. The molds are low and they were trending down yesterday. All right, by noon today, our temperatures will warm into mostly, again, the 50s. We'll be mostly in the mid to upper 50s on our way to highs this afternoon that on average will be in the low to mid 60s which will be if we hit 63 a degree above normal we may have a few in the upper 60s because of all that sun in parts of our eastern viewing area there's the cold front that came through last night it has passed through the entire area and outside of a few high clouds the sky for the most part is mostly clear and we are going to stay clear all through the day all tonight all through tomorrow as well we have a change coming, but not until late in the weekend. We have a dry weather all the way through. I'm going to put a, a little bit of rain in the forecast for Tuesday. Saturday and Sunday are dry, and then here comes another front that comes through on New Year's Eve night into New Year's Day morning. And again, just low rain chances, I think, for Tuesday and again on Wednesday. National Weather Service, by the way, says that we may get a little bit of that rain Tuesday, Wednesday, one one hundredth up to perhaps a quarter of an inch from the first warning weather center sunny today with a high of 63 a northwest wind at 5 to 10 could gust into the mid-teens tomorrow morning 38 59 tomorrow afternoon and again on friday mid 60s saturday near 70 on sunday and then on new year's day we'll start at 40 and climb only into the mid and upper 50s Blizzard conditions in Colorado with low visibility and high winds reported from Colorado Springs to the Denver International Airport. Dozens of flights were disrupted along with dangerous highway travel conditions. This video was out of Monument Hill, which is south of Denver. Blizzard warnings remain in effect for parts of Colorado from south of Denver eastward. Winter weather advisories cover parts of southwest Iowa, northwest Missouri, Western Nebraska and Northwest Kansas. Thank you, Rich. Check this out. This is a live look right now from the Austin Airport where the uh, drop off is underway. These are the departing flights, and we have this live look for you here as uh, a police officer or a uh, security has stopped traffic. Would be and nice to be leaving this morning, heading on another vacation. On a vacation, although I wouldn't want to be going home to some of those uh, blizzard conditions Rich was just showing. We are still in the middle of the busiest travel season of the year, and airports across the country are bustling as passengers make their way to their final destinations. For some, this is a return home after the Christmas holiday. For others, they are going on vacation. And in Chicago, weather was causing some problems with delayed flights. But airlines work to get passengers to their final destination safely. 
It was delayed, delayed because of the fog and then eventually canceled. In Chicago, you never know what's going to happen. Airports saw record travel numbers this holiday season, and fortunately, a lot of flight delays were minimal compared to other peak holiday seasons in the past. Meantime, 2023, a very busy year, even higher up in space, and even greater things may be in store for 2024. That's right. Some of those passengers might be heading somewhere different in the future here. SpaceX is the only American company taking Americans into space, but that could change next year with Boeing's Starliner. And for the first time since 1972, astronauts expect to loop around the moon. NBC's Tom Costello details the breakthroughs of 2023 and forecasts what's to come in 2024 ahead on today. Well, KXAN viewers, they are in store for some strange sounds. They've heard some, especially those who are living in Round Rock and Hutto. They wrote in saying that they heard those strange sounds near their homes yesterday morning. Neighbors who felt the boom in their homes tell KXAN it happened around 1130 in the morning. The city of Round Rock confirmed they heard reports from residents who heard a loud sound in East Round Rock. The city is still looking to see what caused the sound. Hutto says it did not receive any reports. Now, if you have a concern or tip you want us to investigate, take a look at your screen and scan the QR code. It'll take you to our report it feature where you can upload photos and videos or questions and concerns. More billboards could be going up soon in Round Rock as there's a group pushing for more signs that says it has now turned in more than 4,000 signatures within that city. Keep Round Rock safe is the name and it wants to get on the May ballot. City told KXN it's going to start the process of verifying those signatures. Right now, Round Rock bans billboards within city limits. There's only one, and that's in the southern part of Round Rock that was grandfathered in. The uh, amendment would allow 12 new privately owned and operated double-faced billboards facing along I-35 and SH-45. Well, the nation's fastest growing city is looking ahead to how it can keep roads and keep up with the population. That's your neck of the woods. That's right. And KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez talked with Georgetown leaders about how infrastructure is expected to look in the next decade and beyond. For drivers like Gabriel Ledesma, traffic like this is just part of his every day. You know, being a, a CDL truck driver, you got to be, you know, 10 steps ahead. Of, He's a local you know, truck driver and says many roads like I-35 through Georgetown are often bogged down with cars. Usually gets backed up just due to the lack of lanes, I would assume. So it's more or less that or distracted driving. Earlier this month, Georgetown adopted its future mobility plan laying out how roads could change in the next couple decades. A lot of um, growth on the north side of town, kind of northeast side of town. Um, there, but, you know, it's really everywhere. You know. Louis Salwani is Georgetown's transportation manager. He says the plan outlines changes the city could make. For example, the green lines on this chart show all the new roads that could be built by 2035. But he says they could be scrapped if there's no need for them. So if we see a dip in development or growth, you know, we're not going to go ahead and build these roads right right away. But 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 if we continue on the path we are, you know, this is this is the way we see growth happening. The city is expected to keep growing. Salwoni says with more drivers, the chance for more crashes goes up. According to planned data, there were 353 crashes between 2017 and 2021 in Georgetown. He says the overall goal for the plan is to relieve heavy traffic in certain parts of the city and make it more safe for drivers. We know that 
development could come in one area really heavy and then and then slow down and and, it, and all that could change really in a, in a in a second. In Georgetown, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. Georgetown's transportation manager says the city has not updated its transportation plan since 2015. There's a county in northwest Texas that is under a disaster declaration this morning after damage shut down a bridge on a major highway there. That's right. This is happening in Stevens County. That's about 200 miles northwest of Austin. This map shows the county seat, Breckenridge, but the problem is a few miles west on U.S. Highway 180. The mile-long bridge that crosses the Hubbard Creek Reservoir is now closed. TxDOT closed the bridge after an inspection revealed structural damage. The county posted these pictures on social media showing the damage images with the green check marks are what it's supposed to look like the ones with the red X's are what it actually looks like and you can see the damaged concrete and exposed metal right now there is no official timeline for repairs the closure has a big effect on emergency response times though for folks living west of the bridge now the Texas Division of Emergency Management deployed an EMS strike force to help provide emergency services until the bridge reopens. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for joining us. Here's what we're tracking at five on KXAN Today. Why Texans aren't feeling the winter blues when it comes to what they're spending. 